And now, your go-to source for year-round fantasy hockey advice, DFS, and betting coverage. This is NHL Fantasy on Ice, presented by Skip, the official food delivery app of the NHL. What's good, everybody? Thursday morning, NHL Fantasy on Ice. Pete and Nick back with you. Of course, Fantasy on Ice delivered by our good friends over at Skip. Some Rangers talk on the horizon here. Uh, Nicky, what's up, man? Not too much. Uh, fine and dandy after All-Star Weekend. Skip the official food delivery app of the NHL. I actually ordered it as soon as I got off the plane here in Toronto. But so happy to be joined <laughs> by the one and only. It's been a while from the Bleacher Report, the Action Network, Blue Crew Podcast. I'm not sure if I missed any other titles from Grand Central <laughs> Station himself. It's Johnny Lazarus. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Great to be with you. The Florida Tans look amazing on all you guys. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping Pete doesn't have another chirp up his sleeve because I still haven't recovered from that Kel McCarr water boy <laughs> comment from preseason. <laughs> it was a good time for sure having you on in the preseason for our YouTube draft and great to have you on the podcast for the first time man I've heard of taking the train to the game never the train to the podcast what's going on what are you up to man and how about those New York Rangers do they have the best third line in the entire NHL by the way I'm trying to give you guys that raw New York feel sitting here on a staircase in Grand Central Station nothing <laughs> nothing better right it's way better than me being at my typical setup but as far as that third line goes I mean what can you say about the kids? I think Gerard Gallant understood that the kids are, are somewhat of the heartbeat of the New York Rangers right now. And you can make that argument that Truba has stepped up recently. Mika Zibanejad has been playing great. But when you look at the last five games, Alexi Lafreniere, three goals, two assists. Philip Heal, seven goals, one assist. Capo Caco, five assists. Like, they are just delivering right now. And I think everyone in New York has vibed off of what the kids are bringing. And, you know, like we said last year, uh, you know, we're watching the kids grow up right before us. I know he was canceled like seven times, but I was a big wrestling fan growing up. Hulk Hogan, um, Hulkamania, mm. Heatomania. Um, mm-hmm. I- I'm always in the market for a brand new shirt. Someone make a trade shirt. It's coming out soon, by the way. So stay tuned for that. But Heatomania, we got to get those cooking, Johnny. Man, like you look at what he's put together since January 1st, Philip Heatle, 14 games played, 11 goals, four assists, 15 points. If you care about plus minus, he's plus 10. You parade his numbers, uh, 36 goals, 25 assists, 61 points. That's his projection. And oh, yeah, he's in a contract year. Well, I also got to give a shout out to Kenny Albert because Kenny dropped a great line on the TNT broadcast against the Maple Leafs, actually, saying that the kids are heating up. But he was like, we should spell heat, C-H-Y-T. I thought that was a great <laughs> T-shirt idea. Uh, so shout out to Kenny on that one. And as far as Heedle goes, I mean, I think he's shown now, you know, since the playoffs last year that he's as clutch as it gets. You know, the Rangers need a big goal. It's him stepping up. Um, and his numbers are speaking for himself. And I mean, as, as much as we want to see him have success in the contract year, it's kind of a bad thing because I don't know if the Rangers are going to be able to afford him if he keeps it up right now. Hey, Johnny, did you see my tweet from the other day that somehow went viral? I was actually going to text you and I didn't, but I just <laughs> simply put out there and I'm sure you saw it. I was like, if I'm Chicago and I'm dealing Patrick Kane to the New York Rangers, Philip Hito would be in that deal. Dude, I couldn't believe the hatred and you know, the venom I got from Rangers fans. It was just me talking aloud on social media, on Twitter, while it's alive, before it dies. I think it's funny, too, because Ranger fans right now, I don't think they would trade Hedl for McDavid. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's just how it works, right? When when guys are playing well, you love them, and, the, and when they're not playing well, you hate them. That's just the love-hate with New York fans. You know, I think uh, that goes for every sport. We see. I know you guys have had uh, Mike White on here. We've seen the New York Jets fans love Zach Wilson and hate Zach Wilson. It's just kind of how it goes in New York. But uh, yeah, I did see that tweet. I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't, I didn't want to comment on it just because I thought you were getting enough hate as it was. 
Well, Heedle and Keandre Miller very quietly expanding on what they've done in the postseason last year and really putting together breakout seasons. So, Johnny, uh, you host the Blue Crew podcast. You're a Rangers guy, but we also have to shift gears to what's yeah. going on with some of these other teams in the New York area. You're, of course, based in the tri-state area as well, so we should note that. But Bo Horvat's going to make his... Um, first game against the Vancouver Canucks on Thursday. He scored a brilliant goal the other day off a feed from Matthew Barzell. You love to see that type of magic right from the beginning, right? What do you think the uh, impact of this is going to be on the playoff race in the Eastern Conference, the Horvat trade? Man, I think the Islanders, Ilya Sorokin, right? Let's just start with him. I think he's carried them the whole year. (laughs) Yeah, I think... If, if you're, if you're, uh, I know we're going to get to the sports betting a little bit here soon, but if you're a betting man, and if you're not taking the Islanders unders right now, you must just hate money because those are automatic. But as far as Bo Horvat and Matt Barzal go, I think Matt Barzal to me, like, you know, I, you, you call me a Rangers guy, but I don't know if there's anyone I love watching play more than Matt Barzal. He's the smoothest skater. I would say even smoother than McDavid, smoothest skater in, in the league, just the way he gets up the ice and the way he not, not only goes north, south, but the way he goes east, west as well. Um, you know, his edges are insane. His speed, his hands, everything is, is incredible. And I actually will do a shameless plug on the podcast. We interviewed Scotty Gomez, who that episode will drop on Monday. And Gomez coached Barzell for two years, his rookie year and his sophomore season. And he had the best things to say about Matt Barzell, not only as a kid, but also as a player. And I think he did say, quote unquote, if Barzell learned how to pass, like, you know, I, he obviously is a good passer, but if he took that to an elite level, he'd be right up there in points with Connor McDavid. Like that's how good this kid could really be when he's at his peak. Um, and having a guy that can score Bo Horvat 32 goals this season, that just makes them so much more of a threat. And obviously the Islanders have been a, a little bit criticized for their goal scoring and, and the lack of it. So I, I think it's going to be a really fun time in Long Island right now for hockey. And I think they will end up making playoffs. I call him Matthew Starzell. Uh, but the second question I had for you, who's been your favorite guest of all time on your podcast? You better answer this correctly or this interview. Is uh, Anna Dua. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so you look at this. Hey, revenge- you on, by the way. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, you said Anna over Steve Mayer. That's a, that's a pretty impressive, man. <laughs> that was a good answer. I'll give you that. So we love the revenge narrative. Pete brought it up. I, I'd love to pass this around the table pete we can start with you so just firstly from a dfs point of view uh anthony beauvillier uh you better bring uh, kleenex if you're going to the game it's going to be a tearjerker getting that video tribute for uh beauvillier in that one horvat uh, against the vancouver canucks dfs look as well you look at six shots on goal in this first two games got a goal bailey horvat barzell lee nelson paul mary pete your thoughts on this revenge game tonight yeah, I like the play for Beauvillier against his former team to maybe score an anytime goal. Johnny, mm-hmm. let, let me know if you echo that sentiment. But he's got great up, great lineup position right now, right? He's playing with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko. Can't get any better than that for an offensive-minded team in the Canucks, right, Johnny? I took Beauvillier anytime goal scorer last night against the Rangers, too, because he's been a Ranger killer in his Islander career. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely take Beauvillier to score tonight and Horvat. I mean, why not while you're at it? But Beauvillier, to me, you know, he, he's been a great – I wouldn't say elite talent for the Islanders, but he has contributed a ton since he was on Long Island, since he first got there. And he's been a really fun player to watch. And, obviously, everyone remembers that overtime goal he had against Tampa Bay, uh, Game 6 Conference Finals in the Coliseum to – you know, send the Coliseum off. I was actually at that game and it was incredible. Um, but yeah, he's, 
he's got all the tools, right? Like he just needs the proper line mates. And I think playing with a guy like Pedersen, who's been having a career year, it seems, you know, is definitely going to elevate his game. And I know obviously he had that love for Long Island and playing with Barzell, but I think it's always good for a player to have a fresh start and, you know, a new coach as well and Rick Tockett. So I think they can benefit from each other, both being in new positions, both wanting the best for each other. So I'm definitely excited to see what Billy A can do. And uh, yeah, I do think he will score tonight against the Islanders. Why not? And when you look at the power play impact guys of the Bo Horvat trade, it's good to see Noah Dobson back in the mix as well. He came back on Monday, had a helper against the Flyers, didn't have a point in the next game in the victory, the shutout victory against the Seattle Kraken. But expect Noah Dobson to have revitalized fantasy value down the stretch, right, Nick? Yeah, without question, guys. And uh, I like that Johnny brought up sort of the unders with the Islanders because that's been a massive story. What was it, like 13 to 14, eight in a row of like under two goals or two or less? Like, it's insane. So Mm -hmm. at the very least, you know, Dobson comes back. You bring Horvat into the mix. You think they're going to start to cook a bit with the games being more important uh, around the deadline leading into the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I would definitely start looking at some Islanders offense. And Noah Dobson in specific, um, Johnny, I think, has failed to lift up, live up to the expectations of what he put together last season. But that's understandable for young defensemen. Having said that, there's a lot of hockey left this season. Noah Dobson to me is like so hard to figure out. I was actually going to ask you guys, do you think he's a top 15 defenseman in the league? Like, like I feel like that's kind of the range, right? Like 15 to 20. Yeah. yeah. That's Or at least that's the ceiling, right? Or, you know, I think he can even be a top 10 defenseman. Um but, I mean, Long Island fans love him. Islander fans are obsessed with Noah Dobson. They look at him like he's right in the category with Adam Fox, which I think is a little ridiculous, but that's my bias. Um, <laughs> it might, might be true, though. I don't know. You guys can maybe attest to that a little bit more. Um, but, man, Dobson, just he plays with a lot of emotion. He's a really good defender as well. He's not only offensive. Dobson is, you know, a, a guy that can easily raise his game, and he could be, you know, in that. Hughes, McCarr, or not, man, not McCarr, Hughes, (laughs) Fox, um, McAvoy, you know, that kind of conversation if he gets to that level. But we definitely have not seen what he did last year. But then again, like you said, a lot of hockey left. And I think there is a new life in the Islanders with bringing in Bo Horvath. Yeah, I was just going to add, too, that I I, I like the theme of right-handed shooting defensemen. I think you got to give us props on the podcast for pimping Dougie Hamilton. He's having a hell of Mm. a year. And off that hot off the presses, fellas, uh, Jack Hughes, upper body injury week to week. So that's where I wanted to steer the conversation next, Johnny. When you look at sort of the devils from a betting perspective, obviously from the Hart Trophy conversation when it comes to Jack Hughes, how much do you think this will impact them losing Jack Hughes for the indefinite period of time here? Well, I feel like Pete can attest to this as well, right? There's nobody driving the offense for the devils more than Jack Hughes. So I think this is the first time this season where they're really facing that adversity. And it's going to be interesting to see which guys step up. Jesper Brad has kind of quieted down a little bit. Not so yeah. much. I know he had that big overtime goal. And uh, was it two games ago? Um, but now this is the devil's test, right? Everyone's been saying the devils are going to fall off at some point. Can they maintain this? Can they keep it up? And losing your star player who's, you know, having an insane year. He's third in goals like in the NHL. Like, that's crazy. I mean, after the first couple of years he's had in the NHL, to jump that high that quickly is, is pretty impressive. So, you know, we're going to see what the Devils are made of right now. And, and this is a time for a guy like Andre Pilat to step up, a veteran goal scorer who, you know, hasn't really made his presence known this year with the Devils because he's been injured for most of the season. So that's a guy I look to to step up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the, the Devil fans right now, if I'm them, I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I don't want to sound like Anna Dua, but go out and pick up Dawson Mercer for at least the next week <laughs> or so. It's one of her favorite players as 
all of our loyal listeners know, <laughs> but he's going to be the 2C. He's been playing a lot of wing this season. He will shift back over to center without a doubt while Jack Hughes is out. And also keep an eye on Fabian Zetterland. Uh, he's been trickling in some points lately. It's a guy that I expect to stay in the top six with that shift over from Mercer from wing to center. He will play wing in the top six, and that would be uh, streaming value, you could definitely say, for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Johnny, I know you're a big Kale McCarr guy. Uh, your buddies with him from your UMass days. We've been all over that. Uh, but uh, whether or not he's in the lineup, he's been a little banged up lately. Uh, they have a very deep defense out in Colorado. Bowen Byram returned from injury, had an assist the other day. Who do you like as the second best defenseman on the Avs? Is it Devon Taves, Bowen Byram, also Sam Girard heating up lately? That's a tough question. Um, part of me wants to say Bowen Byram, but I, I, I am leaning in my gut towards Sam Girard. Uh, I, okay. I think, is, is there a better skating blue line than the Avalanche? Like they no. must be the fastest and better and best skaters in the NHL, right? Like the speed on that blue line is incredible. And, you know, no disrespect to Devon Taves. I, I just think he benefits so much from playing with McCarr and, and who wouldn't, I mean, you could throw the, the, the three of us on defense with McCarr and we'd all look good. But to me, I think it's just Sam Gerard, his skating ability, like the spinoramas, the blue line, just the creativity and um, his overall knowledge for the game, I think. And Bone Byron's still a young guy. Gerard's been around a little longer. So that's why I'm giving him a little bit more credit, but this blue line to me is probably the scariest blue line in the, in the NHL. And obviously losing McCarr is a, a massive loss, but I think they'll, you know, they have the experience and they have the talent to step it up in his absence. I can't believe you've gone this long and haven't talked about your second favorite team. And that's the Buffalo Sabres. You're a big <laughs> backer of the Sabres making the Stanley cup playoffs. I'm fading you all day. Tate Thompson <laughs> banged up right now. Uh, shout out to our guy, Dylan Cousins, Pete. This is the second time I'm doing that on today's show. We never do this, but we brought him up specifically in our breakout candidate show in the off season. Watch out for this guy. And he's ripped it up. And now a big fat extension. Uh, he's on pace for 28 goals, 44 assists, 72 points in an 82 game slate. Uh, it's been really, really impressive. Johnny, your thoughts on the Buffalo Sabres moving forward. Do you really want my thoughts? I've been yes. going at this with you all year. Yes. The Buffalo Tell me. Sabres to me, if, if they just had like, the elite goaltender, I think they'd be right at the top of the league. Their power play is, you know, a top five power play in the league right now. Obviously, Tage Thompson is becoming one of those. I think actually we, we talked about it earlier in the season. Outside of Ovechkin, who is the biggest threat for a one-timer on the power play right now in the NHL? Like Tage Thompson's in that conversation with Stamkos, with Kucherov, uh, who's another guy that comes to mind, Zibanejad, um, Kosternak, all these guys that have that one-timer threat. You got to throw Tage Thompson up there in that conversation and then you had a guy like Skinner and Rasmus Dahlin, who's been in the Norris conversation on the blue line this season. Also, Alex Tuck, another huge body on the Buffalo Sabres. Like, th this team really does have it all, I think. There's obviously a little bit of weaknesses in their lineup. I think their third and fourth line don't necessarily score as, many, as much as other teams do. They need that secondary scoring, I think, to step it up a little bit more. But when it comes to the Sabres, I think in that room, too, they have the belief. I don't know if you guys read that uh, article Rasmus Dillian wrote to the city of Buffalo uh, two weeks ago, but that just felt so genuine. And it seems like everyone has just bought into that system. And they love playing there. And, you know, for the first time in as long as I can remember, Buffalo seems like a place where people actually want to go and watch the hockey team play. Yeah, it seems like the whole team went down uh, somewhere tropical over the break. Uh, we'll see oh, yeah. how they come out after 10 days off. Uh, I know Darlene participated in the All-Star game. Hopefully Thompson's good to go. But the Sabres resume their season against the Calgary Flames 
at 12:30 on Saturday. So maybe a sleepwalk type game, but um, that's a game with huge implications, Johnny. And I know you cover the betting side of things. Uh, it's one of my watch games for the rest of the week and curious which ones you have your eye on. As far as tonight or just the rest of the week? Yeah, tonight, rest of the week. I know Horvat's return, Stanley Cup final rematch right on Thursday, Lightning mm -hmm. and Avalanche, neither team playing particularly well right now, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll start with that game. I mean, the Avs and the Lightning are both coming off really hard losses. The Lightning had that franchise record, 12 straight home wins, snapped by the San Jose Sharks in overtime the other night. The Avalanche had a great one nothing lead against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They allow a goal late in the third and then losing overtime. I, I do lean Tampa Bay in that game with Makar out and with Vasilevsky back in goal. I mean, how could you bet against Vasilevsky at home? Um, as far as other games that I'm looking at for tonight, Islanders under against the Canucks, six and a half, Sorokin's back in net. Got to go with the Islanders unders. I'm riding those the rest of the season. And then another team that's been incredible on the road this year, going up against a team that's struggling right now, is the Vegas Golden Knights in Minnesota. Minnesota's been struggling a little bit as of late. They've lost to Arizona. They lost last night in Dallas, so they're on the second half of a back-to-back. -back. They've only scored three goals in their last two games. And Minnesota's 16-5-4 on the road this year. and Or not Minnesota, sorry, excuse me. Vegas is 16-5-4 on the road this year. And, you know, Eichel's buzzing. The whole Logan Thompson's up for the rookie of the year. I believe he's in that conversation. So I think Vegas at plus money tonight's a really good pick. And then, you know, I, I don't know if you want me to kick off the, the Saturday slate, but there's a lot of hockey on Saturday. I'm really excited to watch. Um, and some of the games I'm looking at for that Saturday slate are Oilers and Ottawa. Uh, you know, two high scoring teams, Ottawa, really good power play. I think the top two power plays in the league, if I'm not mistaken, right? Edmonton one, Ottawa two. So I expect to see a lot of goals in that game. I'm going with the over there. And then a homer pick. I got to talk about the Rangers in Carolina. It's Carolina's first game in 10 days. They haven't played since before the All-Star break. The Rangers, I know they're playing their third game in four nights in that game. But this is that rest versus rust conversation, right? The Rangers are buzzing right now. Carolina is going to have to get their legs under them after having that many days off. And I think the Rangers can go into Carolina and get that win, especially the Igor's in net. That's that's flawed logic because uh, I still have rust from All-Star Weekend, and this is one of my best shows of the season. So flawed logic right there. But Johnny, you must have not party that hard then. <laughs> oh, no comment. Uh, Johnny, excellent <laughs> stuff, man. You brought the heat today. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure being out with you, and I uh, hope we can get together soon in person. Johnny Lazarus always bringing the heat when it comes to the betting plays. And speaking of which, Pete, uh, NHL Puck Line is a new show with our friends Lauren Jabara and Todd Furman every Tuesday and Thursday on the NHL YouTube channel. So make sure to go check that out if you want to be a winner, Pete Jensen. No doubt about it. The more betting coverage, the better, mm -hmm. especially in the hockey industry. You like to see it. So looking ahead uh, to the rest of the week, I mentioned the Flames have that big game playoff implications in each conference on Saturday against the Sabres. Unfortunate news, Rasmus Anderson was hit by, a I don't know, a car or yeah. something. He, he was riding a scooter. Uh, we hope he's okay. It mm -hmm. sounds like he's just day-to-day, -day, so that's a really good sign. Uh, but for the Calgary Flames, next man up, I guess, is Noah Hannafin. And this is a guy that has been fantasy relevant before, and you expect him to shoulder an extremely heavy workload in Anderson's absence, right, Nick? Yeah, Calgary's a fascinating team to me. Like, we've been waiting and waiting for them to find that gear to go on a massive win streak. And then it just the inconsistency has been crazy. But I, I think from the Anderson standpoint, that's the easy in-house replacement um, is a Noah Hannafin. And certainly, I think when you look at that Calgary team, the guys up front, there's some buy-low value uh, there as well. So certainly, it would be all over Noah Hannafin. Uh, you talk about the injuries. I mean, we're doing this in live time. Kale McCarr out at least two games. Jack Hughes has mentioned week to week with an upper body injury. 
Barkov's out on Thursday, confirmed. You talked about Anderson and Andre Burakovsky on IR for the Seattle Kraken. It's getting to that time of year, Pete, where we're on full-time watch when it comes to social media just because of the trade deadline. I would say watch out for those fake accounts out there, especially the Bob Bender fake account trying to break trades. Yeah, there's always a burner or two uh, <laughs> circulating there. But I, I mean, I also wanted to mention Mackenzie Weger. It just yeah. uh, triggered in my mind. Remember, sure. he was playing on the power play when Ekblad went down last season, translated it as even strength production. He was on a much stronger offensive team last year in Florida. That's a guy we've been waiting to see deliver in fantasy, mm -hmm. and we haven't seen it quite yet. And he hasn't been playing on the power play much at all. You would expect him, even if he gets bumped up to the second power play unit, the Flames do have some sneaky depth, right, Nick? We were talking about the Rangers' third line being among the best in the league. You also could make a case for Calgary's third line. We put uh, Michael Backlund in our top 200 rankings this week. Manji Apane has been heating up for a couple of weeks here. And those are guys that Uyghur would be playing with probably on the PP2. And don't forget the name Blake Coleman as well. Last five games, three goals, four assists, seven points. And I'm happy you brought that up because we actually got a question on Instagram. Should I tap into Anaheim's top six, regardless of the injury to Troy Terry? So they're playing with... Uh, Henrique, Zegers, and Strom. Obviously, Strom elevated to that right wing position on the top line with Zegers and Henrique. I think another guy to look at is Vetrano, who's got seven points in the last five games. Externally, uh, Kyle Palmieri has been hot with the New York Islanders. Pavel Zaka, Adrian Kempe. So there, there's a variety of different guys, um, certainly, and obviously from the Calgary perspective. As mentioned, Blake Coleman's been red hot. Yeah, and you mentioned Vetrano. I mean, it's not a guy I fully trust, but his yeah. shots on goal volume has been insane lately. So get on him for the shot props. Get on him in DFS, especially if he's going to have an expanded role if Troy Terry misses any time. And also wanted to mention, I mean, a lot of these guys are already rostered in fantasy, but especially with Barkov out for the Florida Panthers, they absolutely dismantled the mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning the other day on home ice, feeding off that momentum as we predicted right from over you the did. weekend from the yeah. all-star break and their second line which is now going to be their top line as long as Barkov is out Carter Verhage Sam Bennett Matthew Kachuk I mean that's one of the better trios in the entire league they combined for something crazy the other day like 12 points in the win against the Lightning I'm giving you all the props because you called it riding the momentum for Matthew Kachuk winning the MVP at all-star weekend and they just dismembered like the Tampa Bay Lightning who are their hated and vaunted rivals right that was a statement victory for me when it comes to the Florida yep. Panthers now I will say they better be ready because I thought it was on Tampa and the response to the game after against San Jose and the Sharks come from behind and win it um, somebody's got to tell them there's a guy named Connor Bedard by the way but it steers me into the conversation, too, um, you know, leading into this game with San Jose and Florida, Pete, about Timo Meyer. That was actually another question we got on Instagram. Is it a good time to buy on Timo Meyer, thinking potentially a trade's coming over the next couple of weeks here? I mean, you're going to have to buy high. It's not buy low, even though he's on such a bad team. I mean, Timo yeah. Meyer has to be a top 25 overall fantasy talent so far this season, even playing on the Sharks, him and Eric Carlson have been total dynamite this season and he has better category coverage than Eric mm -hmm. Carlson. So it's going to cost a lot to get him. Um, I'm not sure what his ceiling is going to be. I would have liked it, you know, maybe if he goes to the devils and he plays with Jack Hughes, but now Hughes is injured. So it, it's a little murky where he's yeah. going to go, who he's going to play with, what his ceiling could be. But Timo Meyer uh, is a serious talent in this league underestimated in recent years as he's had full fledged breakouts and um, it's one of those guys, super high floor. We were saying in, in the preseason, right? Yeah. No matter how bad the Sharks are, this guy has a serious ceiling.
Hey, you called it. Uh, I couldn't get him as high as top 50. I looked at some of the fantasy rankings. He's around 75. I'm just wondering if he can get in the top 50 uh, if he goes to a better team than the San Jose Sharks. But I think it's all about the right fit, right? Like we talked about this last week with Bo Horvat. I think we can both agree that the fantasy value has hit its peak with Horvat in Vancouver as opposed to his time with the Islanders. He's just not going to, you know, cover cover as many categories, I think. Like it's just... It's tougher, especially when you look at that team and what they're playing for right now. But certainly, I think from the Meyer point of view, you're right. I, I probably think you steer clear having said that. You look at the numbers, Pete. It's a contract year. He's got 10 goals in 14 games so far in 2023. He's on pace for 47. He's already five goals away from his career high that he set last season. So Timo Meyer is putting together a hell of a season right now. And teams that could be interested, as you mentioned, the Devils, the Rangers, Carolina I'd put Dallas in that conversation but that's one of the things it sounds like it's starting to percolate a bit here is Timo Meyer because San Jose they they, they I know you can't say this but I mean you got to stop winning games right I think if you want to get in that conversation for like a Connor Bedard and you look around you and Columbus never wins and Chicago never wins then there's some work for Mike Greer to do over the next couple of weeks here <laughs> yeah I'm not really sure what the direction and we've been yeah. talking about that for a couple of years regarding the San Jose Sharks but um, sticking in the Pacific, wanted to just touch on the Seattle Kraken. A fan was asking, should I drop Martin Jones for Jack Campbell? I would say yes. Campbell's mm -hmm. been on a crazy winning streak. But you look at Seattle, right? Burakovsky's on IR. Beneers has been banged up. Justin Schultz, good news, is going to be coming back. He has been activated off IR. But a lot of injuries piling up for the Kraken. And I wonder if they could re replicate Barring a trade, I maybe could see a little regression from them in the second half, especially with all these injuries. I would say unequivocally to that question and also unequivocally to that listener question about Campbell or Jones. Um, it, it's been a fascinating season. As somebody who owns Martin Jones, I just never know what I'm going to get. He he wins a lot, but the numbers are yep. are never are rarely earth shattering. I know he's had a couple donuts in there, but like I feel really good. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That was a time to buy low on Jack Campbell. We knew it was coming. We all did, right? Like the second half, get acclimated to your new surroundings in Edmonton, you know, Steve away from the pressure a bit. And now he's finding his game. You referenced the numbers, 7 0 921 safe percentage in his past seven starts. If you were to ask me right now, I think Jack Campbell is going to be the game one starter, you know, permitted that the Oilers get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But that window has closed without a shadow of a doubt to buy low. But certainly if you, you're you mold with that question, is it Jones? Is it Campbell? It's an easy Campbell for me. Yeah, he's just going to continue to charge up over the stretch yeah. run of the season. I see him finishing in the top 15 goalies and just uh, improving that save percentage over time. It's still sub 900, if you can believe it. That's how bad he was before the start of the season. But uh, yeah, I like Campbell rest of the season more than Stuart Skinner. And I also uh, just wanted to touch on another fan question regarding the Panthers. Their goaltenders, they're both back. Bobrovsky beat the Lightning the other day. And good to see Spencer Knight, um, as Jamison Olive predicted, you know, coming back and backing up Sergei Bobrovsky. Which guy would you rather have? A fan was asking Spencer Knight or Bobrovsky rest of the season. I think it's got to be Bobrovsky. Um, and it's unfortunate. If you were to ask me in November, I was feeling really, really good about Spencer Knight. But what did him in ultimately, he got sick and was never the same goalie. And I think you're just chasing for the rest of the season. So mm -hmm. to me, it would be Bobrovsky, um, just, just more so on the fact that Knight just can't get healthy. And it seems like his season's gone awry since, uh, since early December there. How about you? Um, I'm a Spencer Knight guy for the long yeah. term. I still think, of, especially as Florida gets healthy, they've been dealing with a lot of different injuries and Barkov absences and 
trying to spread out their scoring and make, making adjustments. I still do think that maybe the efficiency of Spencer Knight could outperform Sergei Bobrovsky down the stretch. Bob will play more games. I could see Knight having the better peripherals rest of the way. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I hope he gets his game on track. Pete, I got a question for you. Who delivered the most in fantasy hockey this week? It's time for the delivery of the week brought to you by Skip, the official food delivery app of the NHL. Who do you have? It's got to be Philip Hedel for me. He should be the number two center on the Rangers, not Vincent Trocek. I know they gave a big contract to Trocek in the offseason, but this is the future. Uh, I love what I've seen from him since January 1st. Like we were saying, fourth in the entire NHL in goals over that span. So Hedel making the most of his usage right now under Gerard Gallant. And I think proven he has a very bright future for the Rangers. Ray with you. I'm into Hedel mania, but since you took him, I'll go with Jack Campbell. 7 0 as mentioned, 921 nice. safe percentage in this past seven starts. I think could actually be a good time to sell high on Stuart Skinner behind him, the all-star. Remember, for all your food delivery needs, you skip the official food delivery app of the NHL. Great stuff, Nick. So uh, we'll talk again next week, right? Big slate of games over the weekend. Good to see ABC ESPN as it comes to Super Bowl time. I hear they're going to have a nice double header on Saturday in the States uh, on ABC. You got the Stars and the Lightning and then the Caps and the Bruins. Hockey's heating up, baby. You know what I call Super Bowl Sunday? Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be watching, but no. I will. Anyway, we'll <laughs> shift gears next week and talk pickups uh waiver wire james it's going to be fun to catch up with him so again thanks to johnny laz for hopping on for johnny nick alberga pete jensen talk to you next week nhl fantasy on ice presented by skip the official food delivery app of the nhl talk to you on the other side